I'm Kendra Winchester here with Autumn Privet, and this is the Reading Women Podcast, where we are reclaiming half the bookshelf by talking about books by or about women, and this is episode 23, or as we like to call it, the birthday episode. Happy birthday to us! Yes. Oh my goodness, the Reading Women is one. I can't believe that. Like, I, I literally cannot believe that. Where has the year gone? I have no idea. Like, last year, June 1st, we got it going, and we recorded our episode, like, three times, and then we put it up, and there we are. I almost feel like it's like being in a long-term relationship where it's shorter and longer at the same time. We are in a long-term relationship. Well, I, I know that. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so this is the first year anniversary of our brainchild, which is Reading Women, which has been incredible. I... I don't even know. We've talked about so many different books, and especially in the last few months, we've talked, we've interviewed authors and on the blog and on the podcast. It's just been crazy and wonderful. It has been amazing, and I have read probably twice as many books already this year. I think I've read as many books this year as I did all of last year, and we're only six months into the year. (laughs) And we were like, this pace is insane, and then we're like, oh, we're used to it now. We'll just just keep going. (laughs) Around Christmas, I was like, Kendra, Kendra. And Kendra was like, stay with it. And now I'm like, okay, sure. Let's throw in an extra two books a month. Why not? Go for it. No, but it's just been really cool. And like, I'm still amazed at how many downloads we get and like the number keeps going up. So thank you all, everyone, for spreading the word and for listening and for sharing. We really appreciate it. And like the numbers are just I've been blown away. I just didn't even think we would be here right now. And here we are. I, I remember when we calculated that, oh, look, someone that's not our family downloaded the episode. Right. Right. Like, so there's your mom and my mom and your spouse and my spouse and my sister. And, uh... Yes. So thank you all for listening. You have been so incredibly helpful. Like we've been able to open up the Reading Women's Store which we opened up last month. And so you can buy, you know, your books right from us if you want to, like, read along with our discussion episodes. Because, as you know, like, we try to make it like a book club. And so you can read along and join in the discussion. And so, yeah, we it's been really cool. And we've already had some people buy books from us, which is very thrilling. Yes, because I don't know, just the feeling of recommending a book and someone saying, oh, I really love that book. Thank you for the recommendation. It's just like the best feeling. It is really cool because I know when I like books and then Kendra likes books and we don't always like the same books. And then so it's cool that we put all this effort into finding these really great books and then other people like them too. I don't know. It's just kind of special. It is special. I mean, it's like sharing the love of book nerdness. Is that a word? I keep creating words on this podcast. So any birthday needs a birthday party. So we've decided to have a month-long celebration called Reading Women Month. So we'll be sharing books by or about women all month. We also want you to join in. So we're having Instagram, let's see, Twitter, wherever your social media is, challenge uh, using hashtag uh, Reading Women Month. And a bunch of other things, including the bookstore, which has... Uh, 15% off right now for all of our listeners. So something else that we're really excited about in addition to the bookstore is we have decided to launch a Patreon page. And if you're not familiar with Patreon, in The Art of Asking, Amanda Palmer talks about how she set up a Patreon page as a way to fund her music. And so maybe it was GoFundMe first and then Patreon. So about two months ago, we got a message on Twitter from one of our listeners and she was like, you all need to set up a Patreon page. And we were like, oh, Oh, well, yeah, I guess we could do that. So 
So, yeah, so we've decided to set up a Patreon page. And if you're not familiar with it, kind of how it works is there's different levels that you can contribute to. And all that does is help us kind of keep this podcast going because we do have annual costs for hosting the podcast and things like that. So, yeah, it's just a way to kind of help us defer some of that since we do this in our free time, whatever that means. Yes. And so it's a way if you want to contribute to the podcast, you can't, you don't have to. The podcast is free. It will remain free, but it's just something that you can choose to do. So the levels are different levels. So like the first level, uh, you just get inside peeks. So we'll be giving sneak peeks to future themes. So one of the levels is where you can join us on a monthly live stream and eventually in theory, if there's enough people, you can have vote on what you want to do. So whether you want like a book recommendation show, if you just want to chat, if you just want to see, you know, Dylan, Margo, and Agnes, that's one level. So really excited. So we can meet some of you um, that way. And you can just decide, you know, what you want to do. So we hope that you really enjoy that. I'm looking forward to the newsletter, especially because I'm a nerd. This is true. Um, but we're also <laughs> excited too, to kind of get to connect with on a more personal level with our listeners. And one thing that we're really passionate about is making sure that a diversity of voices is heard on the podcast. So as having a group of people that we can bounce ideas off of and get book recommendations from and just general feedback, we are really super thrilled to have that kind of community or that kind of team. So we'll leave links to all of the above things um, in our show notes. So you'll definitely want to check that out. And I think... I think we're on to our first yes, pick. Yes, and you have the first pick actually this month. I do. So do we talk about our theme? I don't think we've talked about our theme yet. <laughs> so our theme this month is podcaster's choice, I think is what we called it, something like that. So we just picked some books that we were excited about or books that had been on our TBR that were highly recommended to us and that didn't really fit in any kind of category. So these are all kind of random. But that's yeah, because cool. we do have like our own personal TBRs <laughs> that we really want to read. So these are some of them, or ones that we wanted the other person to read, depending. Y- yes, looking at you, Essex Serpent, there. But anyway, I get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so you have the first pick. So my first pick is *The Leavers* by Lisa Ko, and this is out from Algonquin in the U.S. So this book I have been looking forward to since the beginning of the year. This is about a Chinese boy who lives in America and his mom is an immigrant. And so his, his Daniel is living in Chinatown in Manhattan-ish and then like the Bronx. So it's mainly New York City. And then his mom one day just disappears and he has no idea where she went. And so it really delves into his life and then we flash back and we see his mom's past like how she came to America and different things and there's a lot of really intense topics like this book was a lot I had to just take breaks because it was just so emotionally intense it really delves into the idea of what it means to be Chinese or your racial identity because Daniel had a Chinese name and then when he was adopted by Um, a white academic couple, they change his name to Daniel. And it delves into like adoption and the struggles of adopting an older child, especially from a different culture. It's just really thought-provoking and insightful. And you can see that the characters, especially I think his adoptive parents are really fascinating because you can tell like they really care about their son, but at the same time, they totally are disconnected from what he needs as a Chinese immigrant boy who originally spoke Chinese and lived the first five years of his life in China and then 
came over. And it was, anyway, I don't want to give any spoilers, but there's just so much going on in this book. And until the very end, I had no idea what was going to happen, no idea how it was going to wrap up. And so I thought it was very beautiful, very moving, again, very intense. So just have your chocolate with you, take breaks. (laughs) So when you say intense, because I got this book from book of the month this past month. So when you say intense, do you mean emotionally intense or like, uh, violence intense or there aren't a lot of trigger warnings in this book, but it is very emotionally intense because this boy, you know, his mom just disappeared on him and you don't know why. And then you learn why. And then it really deals with the immigration system in the United States. So there is, I'm trying not to give any spoilers, so basically, she has to deal with that system, and um, it's very, I guess, sad. Like, the story is sad, maybe not like on a whole, but there's a lot of sadness in the book and loneliness and a lot of just strong, mentally taxing themes. Um, it's a very important book. It's a much-needed book. Well, I'm excited to read it. Like I said, I picked it for Book of the Month this month, and so it's sitting on my shelf right now looking at me so i'm really excited to get to it yes and i can't wait for you to get to it so i can talk about all those spoilers <laughs> so yeah that is the levers by lisa ko and it is just uh, so moving i was in a full book coma my first pick is the clasp by sloan crosley and it came out i think two years ago by farrar strauss and Garo. i read about this book for like a full six months before i bought it and i bought it full price which i never ever 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 do well, I shouldn't say never, ever. I seldom purchase books full price. But I was at a local bookstore, and I wanted to support them, so I bought it full price. And I had read both of Sloane's essay collections previously and adored them. Uh, specifically, I was told there'd be cake. I just read it and, like, cried, laughed the whole way through. And so I was really excited to read this novel of hers, and I had listened to a couple of interviews with her and read a couple articles about it, and she talked about how she had been in a... <laughs> But this should have been a red flag. She was at a party in the Hamptons, and she had a friend who's a jewelry designer. She was thinking about the uh, – Sloan was thinking about the short story, The Necklace, which if you're not familiar with the story of The Necklace, it's um, this middle-class couple. It gets invited to this fancy party, so the woman asks her friend who's wealthy to borrow this like beautiful diamond necklace to wear to the party. And so the woman wears it to the party, and she loses it on the way home. Well, instead of telling her friend what happened, the woman and her husband spend the next well, I guess it's like the rest of their lives. So they, they purchase a new necklace for her, an, a copy, and then spend the rest of their lives paying off the necklace. And then like at the like 20 years later or something like that, woman, the first woman meets the second woman who loaned her the necklace and tells her the story. And the woman who owned the necklace laughs and is like, oh, those are just paste diamonds. They weren't even real. So it's kind of the story about the feudal things we chase, I guess, in a very high-level summary. Anyway, so that intrigued me. I was like, okay, cool. That sounds like right up my alley, like a book about books. So <laughs> started the book, and it is interesting, but it is boring as all get out. <laughs> and yes, I just said that right here on the podcast, just to show like how I don't know. We try to be authentic about what we're picking. You're very torn about this book. You made me buy a copy. Yes, Yes, I did make Kendra buy a copy. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe this is the morality tale. (laughs) 
I didn't make you buy a copy. I I talked about it. was a library sale. It was a dollar. I talked about it. <laughs> I don't think you should feel very I talked guilty. about it so much that she, she I, I guess I'm a good book salesman. Let's just leave it at that. But I'm just kind of tired about reading about upper middle class white kids who can't get their lives together. That being said, I think from so from just like a sheer pure of reading point of view, it is very, very boring. But if you're into form and style and want to like compare it to the original story, then you have a gold mine. So take that for what it's worth. I think that is our first mixed review. And like the and the thing is too is that it's good writing. Like she's a very good writer, but it's just boring, which is sad. How long have I been talking about how sad this is, Kendra? Pretty much since you opened the book. <laughs> I'm very torn. I'm very torn. And I even was torn about whether or not I should even talk about it on the podcast. But at the end of the day, I decided, you know what? They're not all A-plus picks, so we might as well be honest about it, right? And I will say about this, my only two cents is that they did the jacket in like three different colors. So the design of the book is really cool. Yeah, because it's a love triangle, and so each different cover matches one of the characters. Yeah, it had everything going for it. So that is The Clasp by Sloan Crosley. And may I say, this may be the first and last mixed review we ever have on this podcast. So Very possible. Take it for what it's worth. <laughs> okay, moving. I can't even breathe. Okay, so moving from that. Um, we have The Essex Serpent by Sarah Perry, and this is out in the U.S. from Custom House. Now, full disclosure, I read this last year. I ordered it from Book Depository, and I got it did. Um, from Serpent's Tale, and it was 100 pages in, and I ordered Autumn a copy, because I was like, she has to read this, like, now. This is true. She didn't exactly read it now, uh, but she read it. <laughs> she read it um, for this podcast because we we're going to be talking about it in the next episode. Um, the Essex Serpent is written in this gorgeous imitation 19th century gothic, like classic novel style. Like you have the Moors, you have like the Parson living in the middle of nowhere. What's the what's the word they use for him? Is he Parson? What is it? No. Yeah, I mean, they call him the Reverend. Reverend, okay. Well, he is living out in the middle of nowhere. You have, like, the woman whose husband died mysteriously, and she's trying to find this mythological creature, i.e. the Essex Serpent, over in Essex. Um, And it's so just, oh my goodness, it's so interesting. But one of the things that is, what I like about the book is that the characters are more, like, modern than probably the ideals and whatever that they would have held actually at the time period it's set in, which is the 1800s, I just was like, oh, all the irritating, like, sexist things, like, are not as prominent, or they're taken to task, or whatever. There's a lot of discussion of class within the novel, and it's just so amazing, and I could not put it down. I read it so quickly, because you have, like, this woman who goes from London to Essex, and she meets this person, and he is a very religious man. She's very into uh, the evolutionary theory, which is actually pretty new at the time. And so they they go to task, kind of. Like, he is not the stereotypical, like, you know, in books. When you see religion, a lot of times now, it's that if the religious person is either, one, a cult leader, or two, extremely ignorant. Um, so it was really nice that Sarah Perry did not fall into the stereotype. And she actually has a religious background. 
F when she grew up. So she got so much right in this book, and I just adored it to pieces. Also wins Best Cover Award. It's a very complicated book. Yes. Which is why we're going to be talking about it. Yes. In the next episode. So sorry that wasn't the greatest description, but I didn't want to give spoilers. We'll give spoilers next episode. I thought it was a really good book, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. So you'll definitely want to check out The Essex Serpent by Sarah Perry. And that actually, when this goes up, will have just come out. I believe it comes out June 6th. In the U.S.? Yes. Have we seen the U.S. cover yet? It's the same as the the U.K. cover. You said that so sadly. It's a beautiful cover. I know it is, but I'm still still slightly bitter. I don't have the special blue Waterstones cover yet. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I really, really, really want that cover. And I want them all. Um, it's like Pokemon. I want all of the covers of all of the editions of this book. I even want the paperback edition. And if I say that, you know it's love. Wait, wait. Can you repeat that? I want a paperback edition of a book, Autumn. Oh my goodness. The world is coming to an end. I'm pretty sure. I'm <sighs> this is the so girl <laughs> who, when we were at the library book sale, it's like, oh, look, Kendra, here's a book you want. And she goes, eh, it's paperback. But I guess it'll do. <laughs> it's very, very true. I admit I am a bit of a book snob, but I don't want my books to dis- disintegrate. There we go. Because I have some YA titles that are only available in paperback, and I've had them for like 15 years, and now they're... That's fair. That's they're fair. Critique. dying. And it's sad. You know, also it does curb my book buying, which I've told Autumn many times, but she just laughs at me because I carry my giant pile of books. To right, because I've seen your bookshelves. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Imagine what they could be. <laughs> so our spot this month is with Quarter Lane, and we are super thrilled to partner with them this month as we recently found out that we share a birthday month, which is super exciting. I first heard about Quarter Lane through their Juniper box, which I think was actually their first box that they ever had come out. And they had this beautiful set of Elena Ferrante's Neapolitan series with customized dust jackets. And so I sent it to Kendra. I said, Kendra, I don't know what this is, but we have to have it. Then I discovered that it was a quarterly book subscription box and elizabeth who's one of the co-founders helps to curate a box every quarter with books that are seasonal or topical they recently had a themed book box for mother's day with books about motherhood everything they do is just top quality and so we're super thrilled to be partnering with them this month and they have graciously given us a promo code exclusive for our podcast listeners so if you use the promo code readingwomen15 you you can get a 15% discount on your purchase that month and check out their boxes they recently released their summer box which looks like it is a fun mix of fiction and nonfiction. I think there's a mystery book in there and I don't know it just looks like all kinds of things that you would just want to shove all of them in your bag and take them to the beach all of them it's very true i mean they have a great selection i saw their memoir box has like uh roxanne gay's hunger in it and it has um a memoir about a woman who has cancer that i am very excited to read and they also so, yes. did they either did or are going to do a cookbook box, which is a really unique idea if you're into cooking and recipes. So yeah, they have all kinds of great things. So be sure to head over to Quarter Lane and check out their website. They also post a lot of great interviews and things on their website. And we're just huge fans of everything that they do. And so we're super excited to have Elizabeth and her team partnering with us this month. And so once again, that promo code, if you use a 
code readingwomen15, you will get 15% off your purchase this month. Which then brings me to my next pick, which is The Weight of Him by Ethel Rohan and is published by St. Martin's Press. And this book was a surprise on multiple levels. One, because she just sent us an email and said, hey, would you like to a copy of my book to review? And we, I said, sure, why not? I hadn't heard of it, um, didn't really know anything. And so I finally started it a couple weeks ago and knowing nothing about it, except that Kendra had told me, what, two weeks previously or something like that, that Roxane Gay had given it five stars. Yeah, that's always a shoe-in recommendation. Right. And the blurb <laughs> on the cover is by Eowyn Ivy, who wrote The Snow <sighs> Child. So <sighs> it was kind of like, okay, well, this one seems like it should be good. But I didn't really understand how good until I got into it. And I was about 50 pages into it. And I started furiously texting Kendra and saying, oh, my gosh, you have to read this book because it is amazing and everything and perfect. So it is the story of Billy and his family. Billy's son, we discover on in the very first chapter, has committed suicide. We also discover very early on that Billy wastes around 400 pounds. And so as he's trying to parse out why his son killed himself and trying to like deal with his own grief, he decides that as a way to raise awareness for suicide or raise awareness for suicide prevention, he decides that he is going to lose 200 pounds and have people sponsor him, which opens up this whole can of worms because he lives in this small village in Ireland. So like everyone already is watching him all the time anyway. And then he like, then his son kills himself. And then like he makes this really bold statement about losing weight. So this makes his family uncomfortable. It makes his three other children very uncomfortable. And we really are inside the head of Billy the entire time as he's trying to figure out what it's like to live in this world after the death of his son. And then it's very multi-layered and, you know, talking about like weight and how people perceive overweight people and kind of the different ways that people handle that, or even like why Billy decides to binge eat anyway. So it was very like, <laughs> I was just like blown over or I was just blown away by the story and I have not been able to shut up about it. And it's true. I, <laughs> I will attest to this. <laughs> I have gone on and on and on. Um, and it is extremely, extremely good. And then this is also our second discussion book for the month. So we are not going to really talk about much of the themes or anything that we could talk about right now because we're going to save it. So stay tuned if you want to hear more about the Weight of Him by Ethel Rohan. That brings me to my last pick, which is The Clay Girl by Heather Tucker. And this is out from a small Canadian indie press called ECW. And I adored this book. I like to play around on BookTube and I follow a Mercedes over on Mercy's Bookish Musings. And she recommended this book. And she's definitely a indie book guru and so she just raved about it for so long I was like okay I will I will go find this book and I did and it came in and I started reading the first few pages and I just didn't stop and I almost missed my own anniversary because I was reading this book <laughs> and we were at our anniversary dinner and Sam's like what and I was like oh I've just been reading this book 
It's so good. <laughs> and it's about a little girl called Ari, and she, her name's actually Harriet with one R because her mom misspelled her name. Um, but so she eventually it just goes by Ari, and uh, this is set in Canada, and she is set up to her two aunts when her dad dies after the entire family figures out that he's been molesting um, his oldest three daughters, and one of the daughters is pregnant. So you learn this, like, in the first chapter, it holds no punches, and um, obviously it has all the trigger warnings, so just FYI, um, but Ari is six, I believe, at the time, around there, and so she doesn't really know anything that's going on, per se. She just, you know, goes to her aunts. Her mom is a mess after she finds out that her husband has died, and Ari lives with her aunts for two years, and then her mom hates her sister because uh, her partner is female, and so she thinks that they will have a horrible influence on Ari, and so Ari is forced to go back down and live with her mom and uh, her new stepdad. So the entire book deals with the effects of her dad's death and what he did to his daughters, and you see what happens to all the different daughters and how they deal with this problem, how the mom deals with the problem. It just deals with, you know, the power of human resilience, imagination and human kindness, and just helping those who have usually children who have suffered abuse, um, either from their parents or from someone else. It sounds amazing. It is, it is absolutely heartbreaking. I just, I can't even, and it's, uh, since it's an indie press, it can play a little more with style and writing and structure. And so I feel like the writing style, you're sort of in her head. It's not stream of consciousness, but it's definitely a more fluid writing style and grows as she grows. I can't get over this book. It is just so incredibly beautiful. I'm really enjoying these books that we're getting from indie presses. And I have only really read books that were from like the top five publishers for a really long time. And these indie presses are really publishing some amazing stuff, like mind-blowingly non-traditional and incredible. Yeah, I've, I've been really impressed. We have some other books that are coming up that you'll find either in our newsletter or on our website from indie presses that I'm really excited to talk about because I just really become aware that we need to talk more about them. Absolutely. So I was super happy that this was just, just perfect as an introduction to indie presses. So yeah, you'll definitely want to pick up The Clay Girl by Heather Tucker because of all the reasons. My final pick is The Girls of Riyadh by Raja Alsane, and she is the author and also a translator. And then this book was also had translation help by Marilyn Booth. And <laughs> this is a side of me that I don't even know if Kendra knows. But for a while there, I was watching... Gossip Girl. And so... What? I, yes! <laughs> what? This was before I met you. Oh, Don't okay. me. Okay, it was past relationship. That's, past it's it's okay. pre-Kendra. Anyway, so I watched a couple episodes of Gossip Girl because, <laughs> I don't know, I think I was trying to be cool or something. So, basically, this book is the Saudi Arabian Gossip Girl. Oh. Which... To kind of explain what that means, we are introduced in the very, very, very beginning. Like we understand that this is an email, like a email newsletter kind of. It's like in the Yahoo groups days, like I don't even know really early two thousands. <laughs> yeah, it seems kind of dated now and kind of cute. But anyway, so we discover that this person is writing these anonymous episodic 
stories about her friends as a way to kind of she she kind of explains at the beginning why she does it and it's like to show that the girls of Riyadh are more vibrant and more colorful and have much richer lives than you think from the outside because from the outsiders she says like outsiders think that these girls who live in Riyadh are very repressed and don't really have any feelings and don't really have any liberties and so she's kind of like nah that's not true so I'm going to tell you the real story and the thing that was fascinating about this book is not just like the gossipy feel of it because like after you get like five letters into it you're like oh my gosh like what's gonna happen like is she gonna marry this guy are they not gonna get married like you know (laughs) you get really caught up in the drama but then as her emails gained popularity in the real world, those are both in air quotes, she starts to respond to her critics, which is really kind of postmodern in a sense where she's like, the author is responding to people who are critiquing her book before her book has even been published. So it's pretty cool in that sense. So she's like, some of you have said, you know, I don't portray, like, I portray the girls as too liberal. And some of you say that I portray the girls as not religious enough. And her answer, and then she answers them and says, like, as as I said from the beginning, these are not all of the girls of Riyadh. These are just my friends. And so she never, in the end, we don't ever really discover who the person is who's writing the letter. But it's this really fun way to learn about the culture and to learn about how these girls live in this in Saudi Arabia and like how the ones who've stayed in Saudi Arabia, how their lives vary from the ones who came to the U S and then the ones who went to school in the U S like how they have a hard time adjusting once they come back. So it was amazing. Like I thoroughly enjoyed this book. I tore through it in a couple of hours and just loved every minute of it. It sounds really good. I remember we found it. We found it at the library sale as amazing cover. It we did. Yes, the cover is shiny, which is really cool <laughs> photograph, but it's like has these little gold and purple dots all over it, and it's really pretty. But I love this book. I'd heard about it for a couple of years, never picked it up, was super excited to find it in the library book sale, and I'm so glad I found it. Like, I have any time like, I find a piece of fiction that helps me understand another culture better, I'm all about that. So. so that is The Girls of Riyadh by Raja Alsane. And, well, I I guess that's it. That's all of our picks. So fast. It always goes so fast. It does. Time flies when you're having fun, talking about books, which are pretty much synonymous in our world. True. True. Spout. So I guess I guess time to talk about what we're reading now. Um, so I actually um, just finished The Border of Paradise by Esme Weijin Wang, or Wong, depending if you want to Americanize it or not. Um, I have a friend who speaks Cantonese that continuously makes fun of me. Because I asked her, and she just laughs. She's like, no, it's not. <laughs> anyway, um, so I read this book because Esme has won the Grey Wolf Nonfiction Prize from Grey Wolf Press, different press. Uh-huh. So I wanted to read her first novel, and her first novel is, or at least that I'm aware of, is published by Unnamed Press. Um, and this is an indie press here in the United States. And this book is quirky and insane. Um, so it is a family like saga almost, where the son is uh, comes of age like right after World War II, and his dad owns his dad owns a piano making company, and then he inherits that. But he has severe, I guess, depression, you might say, and so he describes his depression in such a 
incredibly perfect way. And I believe Esme also struggles with that. She has some essays that she's written about it that I just saw on her Twitter, which is what actually one of the questions I had after reading the book. Because you have to have struggled with mental illness to be able to describe it this way. It's just amazing. And so he ends up going to Taiwan and marrying a Taiwanese girl there and then bringing her back to the States. So you get her perspective. Um, he names he renames her Daisy um, when she comes to the States. And then you get her children's perspective. Then also there's David's first love, her perspective, and her brother's perspective. And it is incredibly fascinating I had no idea what was going to happen. David and Daisy live in this secluded area of California. And anyway, I'm going to quit gushing, but I keep thinking about it. Like, it makes you uncomfortable, but in a way, you know you're learning something. And you quite can't put your finger on it. And so you just think about it forever, and then you go and read all the things about it. Um, so that is just one book from Unnamed Press. Um, next up, I want to read more of their stuff. Um, and so I, I think next up will be Nineveh by Henrietta Rose Eines, and then also In Plain View by Julie Shigakuni. I am really excited about this press. I just discovered it. Again, I discovered it from Mercedes. So <laughs> she's the goddess of indie presses. <laughs> I think you sneaked in three books there, Kendra. I did. I did. I, just I am not ashamed. I just to throw a flag. Just... <laughs> the principle of matter. What was currently just finished, and then TBR. Just, you know, squish it in there. <laughs> I'll let it slide this time, but next time. Uh, so my book that I am about to start is The Address by Fiona Davis, and it is published by Dutton Press. And this one is very intriguing. Like, it looks like it's historical fiction, and it is two different girls well, it's like parallel stories, so kind of. The first story is about this girl named Sarah Smythe, and she lives in London, and she is persuaded by this architect to move to New York City to manage this apartment home called the Dakota. And so it's 1884, and so there's not really many opportunities for women, and so she decides to take it. So she's kind of in love with this guy, but he's married, so she comes over anyway. Then it jumps ahead to, as far as I understand it, to 1985 to this girl named Bailey Camden, who is the like great-great-great-great-granddaughter or something like that of the architect. And she is a failed interior designer. And she's asked to come and help redesign the Dakota and basically undo everything that her great-great-grandfather did. And along the way, she finds out about Sarah Smythe, who actually died in an insane asylum after being accused of killing Theodore Camden. So, oh my goodness. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> So it has a lot of stuff going for it. I like historical fiction. I like murder mysteries. So this should be a good pick. I'm excited. Many thanks to Dutton Press for sending it to us. And some of you may know Fiona Davis. Her other, her previous book was called The Dollhouse, which I think is also historical fiction. So looks very, quite good. So I'm excited to kind of dig into that one soon. Yeah, so uh, that's it. Um, if you haven't already, please rate or review us in iTunes. It helps others find us and also genuinely makes our day. We always text each other screenshots and thank you to all of you who have previously reviewed us we just it just 
It's wonderful. And you can find all of the books that we have uh, featured today as our six picks in the Reading Women's Store. So we'll leave a link to that in our show notes, and you'll definitely want to check that out. You'll definitely want to check out our website because we frequently post um, Q&As with authors. We recently had Janet Ellis, who wrote The Butcher's Hook. (laughs) So wonderful. I know. <laughs> Her book was also published by an indie press. And then we recently had uh, Emily McDowell and Claire Fuller, who wrote Swimming Lessons. So we have a lot of more of those Q&As in the works that we'll be publishing in the next month. And then also be sure to subscribe to our newsletter, uh, where we also put our Q&As on there as well, so you can have them direct put directly into your inbox and we also put all kinds of good like upcoming releases and new releases and all kinds of things that whatever Kendra wants to put in there because she's <laughs> master of the newsletter and be sure to join us next time when we will be talking about the Essex Serpent and the weight of him and meanwhile you can find me Autumn Privet at Autumn Privet on all the places and you can find Kendra at KD Winchester Diaz and Dylan and thank you all so much for this past year for supporting us for listening for sharing for reviewing for recommending for all of it we are eternally grateful and without you we would not even be here so thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time bye guys bye